Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. Why is the real estate market so crazy? What are the upfront costs that you might be required to pay when you buy your home? What about your home are you thankful for? And then what happens when the buyer of your home expects to get the fridge at closing, but you want to take it? We've got these topics and a lot more during this segment of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. If you want to ask questions or make comments or push back or share ideas or request that your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, just go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You'll get a chance to interact with us. I'll be more than happy to reach out to you myself. I love, 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 love having conversations with listeners, especially people who might want to use our services. Uh, my name is Cleve Gaddis. I am the uh, managing partner of the Gaddis Group at Remax Center. My family's been in real estate for 33 years right here in Metro Atlanta, and we would love nothing more than to be able to help you with your real estate needs. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly and Sorahan. They're a full-service law firm with 21 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. They specialize in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation and real estate contract review, and title insurance matters. They can be reached at 770-497-1880, 770-497-1880. So got a question. This is from Carol and Swanee who is concerned and wants to know why in the world the market is so crazy right now. Just a little bit more information. Carol's trying to make offers on homes, and she keeps getting outbid uh, by, uh, let's call them more seasoned buyers, buyers who are paying all cash, buyers who might be putting 50% down, buyers who don't have to include an appraisal or a financing contingency in their purchase agreement. And sometimes people like Carol are so concerned and almost feel left out of the market and the reason for that, the reason for the market being so crazy is all a matter of supply and demand. We look at a market in terms of whether or not a market leans more toward a seller or toward a buyer using what are called months of inventory. And so if you have less than four months worth of inventory available for sale, and that means in a certain area, in a certain price range or school district, or however you want to divide things up, you would see how many current active listings there are on the market. Then you would see how many listings sold in the last 12 months, and you would take that total and divide it by 12. So you, for example, might realize that in a particular school district, there was five homes that sold on average per month for the last 12 months. And if you had 10 homes on the market today, then it is reasonable to assume it would take two months to sell the 10 homes because that's five per month. So that would be two months worth of inventory and that would be a seller's market because we again say less than four months worth of inventory is a seller's market. Four and five months worth of inventory is a buyer's market, <clears throat> excuse me, a balanced market. And then over five months worth of inventory is a buyer's market. So Carol, the answer to your question as to why the market is so crazy right now is because inventory or months of supply is low. So in the single-family detached dwelling type in Metro Atlanta, we have like 1.5 months' worth of inventory. So even less than the two months' worth of inventory in my very simple example earlier, we have 1.5 months' worth of inventory. When we go to the high end of our inventory, it tends to be townhomes and condos in the new construction or the newly built category. 
even those are only somewhere in the threes. So the reason the market is crazy right now is because inventory is tight. There are more buyers out there looking to buy homes than there are sellers. And Carol, I'd like to encourage you that even though you're concerned, probably worried and a little bit sad about your current situation in terms of getting a home under contract, don't fret. You need to work with somebody who has a very specific process in place for helping you win in a multiple offer situation. Yeah. Most real estate agents have been on the losing end of enough multiple offer situations where they should have put together a very good process or plan to make sure that you as their client are not missing out. If you'd like to see what we recommend you do in multiple offer situations, just go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. Click on contact us, ask a question. I'll be happy to send you the secrets for winning in multiple offer situations. Next, I want to talk a little bit about family traditions. Uh, I talked earlier in the first segment about our family's tradition until I was eight or nine years old of going to Tallahassee. Then we would actually celebrate at our home. Sometimes our, most of the time our grandparents would come over. Uh, later, as I have uh, become an adult and raised kids of my own, we would either do it at my sister's house or at our house. But I started thinking over the last couple of days, what is it that I'm thankful about in my home? Not just what am I thankful about in terms of family member, but, but, but am I truly thankful for my home? Are there things about my home that I'm truly thankful for? And I'd love for each of you to spend a few minutes and just think about what you might be thankful for about your home. If I thought about the things that I love most about my home, number one, I love, love the location of my home. We're at the end of a cul-de-sac off of a cul-de-sac. So if you come down by my house, you're probably either lost or you're going down there specifically. We have a big, nice-sized lot, probably about three-quarters of an acre, which we really, really love. I have been in landscaping my entire life ever since I was 13 or 14 or 15 years old. I just love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. My, my all-time favorite thing to do is to actually get out in the yard and plant perennials. I don't know if any of you who are listening share my love of getting out and planting flowers, but I love it. So I love my yard. I love my kitchen and family room and the fact that they're all open so that everybody can spend time in both rooms and it's like sort of a seamless experience. I like our updated kitchen. I love the fact that we have a sink where you can stand and you can look outside. I love the fact that we have an office in the basement where somebody could work in the basement and see outside and I love the fact that we have a finished basement. So those are just a few things that I am thankful for concerning my home and I hope you have a huge list of things that you're thankful for and I invite you to do this if there's not enough things about your current home that you are thankful for it could be that at some point you need to buy a new home and I'm not saying that because you're not thankful for it you need to buy a new home I'm just saying we only get to live once as far as I know and if you're not living in the home that you really really love and enjoy then maybe you should talk to somebody about buying a new home. Let's talk just a minute about the upfront cost when buying a home, and I'm going to go through these fairly quickly. And these are things you should be expecting to pay as you're moving forward buying a home. You're going to pay earnest money, which is typically 1% of the contract price. You're going to have home inspections done. Those will cost anywhere from $375 to $500. Sometimes you have a loan application fee with a lender. A lot of lenders don't charge them, but some do, and that's probably 50 bucks. You're going to need 
to pay for your appraisal in advance, and that will cost anywhere from $425 to maybe $475. Some of them can be a little bit more if the product, if the property is unique. You may or may not want to get a survey. Uh, I don't believe buyers should buy anything without a survey because you don't really truly understand what you're buying unless you have it surveyed. It's a four or $500 cost, and it's something that a lot of buyers choose not to do today because it's not required by the title insurance companies like it used to be in the past. You're going to have your down payment. So if you're a 3% or 5% or 0% or 10 or 20%, you're going to need to have your down payment ready to pay at closing. That earnest money, the very first number that we talked about, the 1% of the purchase price. So if it's $300,000, you are paying $3,000 in earnest money. And that $3,000 in earnest money will be the first $3,000 of your down payment that will be applied at closing. This is something that a lot of people don't think of when it comes to buying a home, but you'll need to have the money to pay your prepaid items, or you'll need to ask as a buyer for the seller to help you with these costs, but you'll have to prepay taxes and insurance and per diem interest and any HOA fees. Those are all going to be prorated at closing. So if you close, for example, on February the 15th, then the seller would pay everything through February the 15th, and you would pay everything from February the 16th on. And you have to, you're thinking, well, why would I have to pay them? The taxes wouldn't be due until later that year. Well, you have to pay the money into your escrow account so that when the taxes are due, there's 14 months worth of taxes and 14 months worth of insurance in your escrow account. HOA fees, typically the sellers paid those in advance and you'll pay them back. And then you have additional loan closing costs, which can be anywhere from 2 to 3% of the sales price. That would include the prepaid items in that 3%. But you, uh, you have those upfront costs that you may or may not be required to pay. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We've got another listener question, which we should have about two minutes to answer. This is from Jason Incoming, who is very, very frustrated because the buyer who put their home under contract believes he is entitled to the refrigerator because it was listed in the appliances section of Realtor.com. That is an interesting problem. He goes on to say, we didn't intend to leave it, do we have to? And I actually reached out to Jason, learned a little bit more about the situation to make sure I was giving good advice. And in the seller's property disclosure agreement or exhibit, which was made a part of the purchase and sale agreement, it shows specifically that the refrigerator does not remain. Now, there's nothing in the listing that shows that the refrigerator will remain. It just shows that the home has a refrigerator. It doesn't say that the refrigerator would remain. State of Georgia says if something is a fixture, it's treated differently than if it's personal property. So if it is permanently affixed to the home, like with a screw, like for example, the way a dishwasher might be attached under the cabinet or the way a you know stovetop might be connected, then it is a fixture and it is assumed that it stays with the home. But if it's personal property, it's not assumed that it stays with the home. <coughs> and a refrigerator would definitely be personal property. So Jason, uh, my advice to you is it's not included in the seller's disclosure. I don't think you're under any obligation to leave it. You certainly could if you wanted to, if you chose to do that, but I don't feel like you're under any obligation. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners go from real estate novices to experts so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without all the worry typical with life's biggest investments. We don't want you to learn anything at closing or after that you should have learned before. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what happens if a seller loses his or her job after, oh my gosh, going under contract but before closing and then decides not to sell? And then how can you estimate your mortgage payments so you can budget your 
purchase. We'll answer those questions and more. Stick with us because we'll be back.